Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you've got a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis using the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net or you can mail in a donation to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913-15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. And also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters. For as little as $2 per month, just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, today we're going to get into The Silent Men. The Silent Men was a 1951 to 52 series, ran for 29 weeks, and starred Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Now, each week he played a different federal agent, with the premise that each week they would talk about the work and dramatize the sort of things that many agents did uh, in a variety of different government agencies that didn't receive some of the fanfare of the better-known uh, federal investigators. It's a good concept for the series, and I trust you're going to uh, enjoy the uh, several months we have ahead with The Silent Men. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with the first episode, uh, premiere August 14th, 1951, and the title is The Big Sneak. By transcription, it's the Silver Jubilee on NBC. Every night is mystery night here on NBC. Tonight's mystery feature is The Silent Men. Tomorrow evening, join Herbert Marshall as The Man Called X. On Tuesday, hear the pulsing excitement of Big Town. Then on Wednesday, there's The Big Story, Authentic Adventures of Ace Newspaper Men. And later Wednesday evening, there's the new Barry Crane, Confidential Investigator played by William Gargan. Yes, for high adventure on a mystery feature every evening, Monday through Friday, tune in to this NBC station. And now it's the silent men on your NBC station. This is Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. In a moment, it will be my pleasure to introduce to you stories of the silent men, the special agents of federal law enforcement who silently and for little material reward daily risk their lives to protect the lives of all of us. Their tradition is long and proud, yet to guard our welfare and our liberties, they must remain nameless. The Silent Men. Produced in Hollywood and starring Douglas Fairbanks, Jr., National Broadcasting Company proudly presents The Silent Men, transcribed stories of the undercover operations of the special agents of every branch of our federal government and their relentless fight against crime. And now here again is Douglas Fairbanks. Part of America's greatness is in its willingness and ability to open its doors and welcome new citizens from all parts of the world. 
the desirable aliens from other lands, whether they be peasants or scientists, poets or potters. They add richness to our culture. They give love and devotion to our soil. But not all aliens are desirable. They come here on trial. Most of them prove themselves worthy and they stay. Some must inevitably be sent back because they're a threat to our freedom, our institutions, our beliefs. Among the silent men who work as our sentinels are the men of the immigration department. Tonight, I will play the role of special agent George Spencer, one of the silent men in tonight's file case, The Big Sneak. morning. Good morning. May I help you? I'm George Spencer, Boston Division. Oh, yes. Mr. Tremaine is expecting you. Mr. Spencer's here, sir. Good. Send him in. And hold all phone calls from now on, please. Go right in, Mr. Spencer. Thanks. George. Well, come in. It's good to see you. Good, <laughs> good to see you. Good to see you, too, Chief. Uh, sit down. Tell me, how's the wife and George Jr., huh? Oh, Lillian's fine. George Jr.'s getting open spaces where his teeth used to be. <laughs> uh, kids sure look like monsters from time to time, don't they? Yeah, certainly do. But you didn't call me to Washington to talk about Junior's teeth, I'll bet. No, I didn't, George. I wish that was the reason, though. Uh, Miss Walsh. Yes, sir? Bring in the dossier on Frankie Orlando. Yes, sir. Orlando? You remember the name, huh? Yeah, not with pleasure. Admitted to the United States under the quota of 1928. Um, arrests and conviction for bootlegging, dope, white slavery, manslaughter. Served time in Denimore and Alcatraz. Deported Italy in 1946. <laughs> you have a good memory. I see we don't need the dossier. <laughs> the Orlando file. No, just put it there. Thank you. Yes, sir. Well, what makes Orlando a problem? He's out of our territory now. Living in Sicily, isn't he? He's getting lonesome for us, George. Oh, I see. The boys from Treasury picked up one of his old mob on a counterfeit push a few days ago. Three-time loser. He tried to buy his way out of a life rap by giving a little information. Orlando's going to try to pull a big sneak, George. Illegal entry, huh? That's the only way he can get in. We wouldn't give him a ten-minute visa for a visit to Hoboken. You know what port he's going to try to clear? No. You know what it means if he gets back? Well, the old mob reorganized, his old rackets opened up again. Happy picture, isn't it? Yeah, delightful. He could cross from Mexico like a wetback, slip in from Canada. Or even clear report with phony papers. He's got a lot of connections, George. He's a sharpshooter and he knows all the angles. Once he gets in, we'll have a job finding him. Took us almost six years the last time. Well, we've got to know where and how he intends to come in. Well, whatever it is, it'll be smart. If we wait for him to come to us, we're dead. The only way to stop him is to go to him and watch him all the way. You want me to go to Sicily? Yes, as a matter of fact, George, you're booked out on a night flight to Rome. You won't even have time to go home. Well, how about cover credentials? I'm having those drawn up. You keep your own name. You know quite a bit about art, don't you? Uh, paintings? <laughs> yeah. You might even say I'm a collector, Junior Gray. <laughs> <laughs> on my salary, all I can afford is reproduction. Yes, I know what you mean. Uh, when you get to Italy, pose as an art dealer from Boston. I don't speak Italian, you know. You won't be alone. I'm bringing Tony Curto in from San Francisco. He'll oh, be here this afternoon. You'll travel together. When you get to Palermo, check in at the Vittoria. And after that, it's up to you. Frankie Orlando is an undesirable. 
We don't want him here. You're the lock on the gate. Now, keep it locked. I'll try. Well, good luck, George. Thanks. I, uh... I don't suppose I have to remind you Orlando was an old liner in the mafia. I know. If he knows you're in his way, he'll try to kill you. Still reading? Hmm? Curto? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Studying up on Sicilian art, just in case. <laughs> Our cover credentials won't be much good unless we know what we're talking about. They aren't going to be any good anyhow, George. Why? What's the matter? I was just down in the lounge. We're tagged. Who? Big Joe Giovanni. I didn't see him get on the plane. He's on. He has a seat back by the tail section. He see you? Saw both of us, I'm afraid. Well, I know him from his pictures, but he doesn't know me. He knows me. How? I testified against him once at a deportation hearing. We couldn't make it stick. Any link between Giovanni and Orlando? Both mafia mobsters. It's a cinch they work together. Well, that doesn't mean he knows what we're on. Well, maybe I'd better move to another seat. Maybe we'd better split up. No, if he doesn't know me, our sitting together could be accidental. But if he saw us together when he came aboard, it'd look funny if we split. No, I guess you're right. Attention, passengers. Those are the Italian Alps we're now passing over. Thank you. Oh, we're getting there. Hmm. Know where Giovanni came from originally, his place of birth? Um, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, yeah, Naples. Yeah, well, he might be just taking a trip, visit the home folks or something. Could be. But on the other hand, he may be a contact for Orlando. If he's in on the sneak, we're in trouble. Well, we can find out. Um, stewardess, stewardess. Can I get you something, Mr. Spencer? Uh, yes, uh, Mr. Curto and I were wondering about something. Is there a Joe Giovanni on the passenger list? Seat 37. He's listed as Giuseppe Giovanni. Oh. Funny you should ask about him. Why funny? Well, a few minutes after we took off, he asked who you were. Oh, I see. You ask about me, too? No, Mr. Curto. He just seemed to be interested in Mr. Spencer. Uh, is there anything else? Uh, what's Giovanni's destination? Naples? Well, I'd have to look it up on my seating chart, but... Uh, no, I don't think so. I think he has a through ticket to Palermo, Sicily. Giovanni had us tagged all right. I could feel his eye on us when we changed planes at Rome and switched to the shuttle to Naples and Palermo. He got off the plane at the Naples stop and sent a cable. He came back smiling. When we finally landed at Palermo, he moved close to us while we were waiting for our luggage. Let me offer you a lift into the city, gentlemen. I got a car outside, the limousine. No thanks, Mr. Giovanni. Why not? After all, I'm not a stranger. Not to your friend, Mr. Curto. Don't be so polite, Giovanni. I knew it doesn't look good. I just offered to save you the price of a taxi, Curto. I'd rather pay it. I like fresh air when I ride. They're taking our bags off the hand truck now, Curto. I'll get them. Your friend is a difficult man, Mr. Spencer. Oh, don't let it worry you. He's had a hard life. <laughs> uh, you think that's funny, eh? Oh, what do you think? I think maybe you and him could smarten up. You're a nice-looking guy. Culture and everything. But how much you got in your pocket? Oh, enough for tomorrow's breakfast. What kind of breakfast? Big shot meal? Stop being so smart. Be a little dumb like me. I'll let you in on a good thing. Like what? How to get a big vacation. All over Europe. First class. All expenses paid. Paid by who? By me. 
Big Joe Javan. I got the bags, George. All right, throw them away, Curto. We're going to buy new ones and go on a big vacation. All expenses paid courtesy of Big Joe Giovanni. Oh, <laughs> isn't that nice? You're two bright kids, huh? You like big laughs. Yeah. And you're the biggest laugh we've had in years. Well, let me tell you something, Curto. You push me around in the States, but you're not in the States now. I can push back hard. You're an Italian boy yourself. You know what I mean. Get lost, Giovanni. Take it easy, Curto. Arrivederci, gentlemen. I give your regards to the statue and everything when I go back. Too bad she won't see you no more. I don't think Mr. Giovanni likes this, Curto. We got a bad break bumping into him. No, not too bad. He told us something. You mean that free vacation pitch? Yeah. Pick up the bags and let's get out of here. Right. Giovanni's got a clear passport. We've got nothing on him. Why should he offer us a bribe? Well, he doesn't want us around, that figure. Well, that means the lead we got from the Treasury Department was right. He, he's no reason to get rid of us on his own account. He, he just doesn't want anybody around here watching Frankie Orlando. I can't figure how they plan to get Orlando back into the States. But whatever it is, Giovanni's in on the sneak, all right. Hmm. No airport, a city bus here? No, they got one. It's probably broken down someplace. There's a cab. Hello. Buonasera, signore. Buonasera. Come on. Climb in, George. Oh. It's a poor but honest substitute for Giovanni's limousine. Yeah. Pochami all'albergo Vittoria. Subito, signore. Subito. You know, George, Giovanni was right about one thing. This isn't the States. Whatever we're going up against, we can't yell for help. I've never seen you worried before, Curto. My old man was born here. I remember all the stories I heard when I was a kid. You notice that gesture Giovanni made with his hand when he left us? Yeah, when he put his hand to his mouth and bit the knuckle of one of his fingers? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the vendetta sign. It's like a promise, an oath. Maybe he won't succeed, George, but Giovanni is mafia. Before we leave this island, he'll try to kill us. When he does try, we'll be getting close to Frankie Orlando. We're already closer than he wants us to get. Keep an eye on the rear window. Next time we see Giovanni in his limousine, he won't be inviting us to ride with him. Ah, this town's bigger than I thought. Big enough. You know where we are? Well, we came into town through Puerto Nueva, and now we're on the Via Maqueda, almost midtown. Cuatro Cantones, about half a mile from here. That's the heart of the city. Well, this looks like a shopping district through here. It is. Well, it's kind of quiet, isn't it? It's after midnight. Plane landed a little late. We should... What's he stopping for? I don't know, but I'm going to find out. Okay, for Mate Aki. Brunch up your benzine, eh? Oh, man. What's the matter? Is that a gas? Uh, At least that's what he says. Pull the bags out. <clears throat> we can walk the rest of the way. Well, looks like we'll have to. It's not far. One long block to Quattro Cantoni. Hotel is right off the square. Well, as long as Giovanni and his friends aren't around, let's go. Yeah. Where will I pay this guy? Here you. Eh, grazie. Oh, grazie, signore. That's what I was afraid you'd say. Come on. Arrivederci, signore. Arrivederci. What's the matter, Curto? That cab driver's a bad actor, that's all. He dumped us out here because somebody wanted us dumped here. How do you know? Because I shortchanged him on the fare and he thanked me. If he was on the level, he'd scream like an eagle. Let's get off this block. It's too long and there's no cover. 
was about to ask him why we needed cover, but before I could get the question out, I knew. From not far off, I heard the sound of a large car moving slowly in low gear. Curto heard it, too. The direction of sound is hard to place in the dark. We looked both ways, up and down the street. Then we saw it. It's coming from behind us on the far side of the street. No headlights. Moving slowly. It's moving faster than we are. Look for a doorway or... Don't increase your pace. Play it easy. They want us to reach that street light up ahead. That's why we better find a doorway here. They'd have us like shooting fish in a barrel. We've got to get inside one of those stores. It's our only chance for cover. They're all locked. By the time we get a door open... We can't use a door. Use your suitcase. What do you mean? Well, as we come to that light, they'll speed up. Just before they reach us, throw the suitcase through one of those store windows and get in after it. Drop behind the display ledge. Which store? That big clothing store looks good. Here they come. Run for it. Throw the suitcase. Come on! Behind the ledge. Stop! Curto! Spencer! You hear me? We hear you. I make my offer once more. You can't get out of there. Maybe not, but you can't come in here either. Not unless you like to be dead. Listen, Italian Baby. police. Baby! Show me the, show me the. I can't just stick around and wait, Giovanni. Ah, they're gone. Quick, grab the luggage and let's get out of here. We don't have to run. Well, if we're found here, we'll be held until our credentials are checked. That'll take time. And time is something we haven't got. Well, a couple of hours. Look, a couple of hours might be all the start Orlando needs. What makes you think he's going to move that fast? Giovanni makes me think so. He tried to knock us out too quickly. If he had time, he'd have waited for a better chance. the police by inches and made the Hotel Vittoria just long enough to put our baggage in a room. If we were right about Orlando's move, there was no time for sleeping. We knew he'd be living on the grand scale, so just before dawn, we hit the best of the produce markets and started to ask questions. Curto found an old man who knew all the answers. Yes, yes, Senor Orlando. He's a buy from me all the time. He's a big man. Yeah, yeah. Real big success, we know. You know where his house is? Sure, I deliver. Deliver everything. I got the surplus. The Jeep I buy from Stata Unito. It's your country. Where's Orlando's place? Uh, the, the Palazzo. Oh, uh, you know where's the church? Which church? Uh, Santo Spirito. That's south of the city near Monte Pellegrino. See, si, see, si, that's the one. Orlando, he's living in the palazzo. It's a big white palazzo after you pass the church. I, uh, why you ask about him? You, you know him from someplace? Yes, yes, we know him. We looked him up once back in the United States. Huh? Yeah, for six years we looked him up. Hey, hey you want to ride with me? I'm I going to go by Orlando's palazzo. What do you say, George? Well, side curtains on this Jeep, and it's something Orlando must be used to seeing. Better than driving past the place in a hired car. Hey, you gonna come? Yeah, grazie. We're, yeah, we will come. Si, andiamo. You make deliveries this early in the morning? Oh, no, no. no. You just take a stuff to my store. Oh. I deliver uh, later in the daytime. Uh, how long since you've seen uh, Signor Orlando, eh? A long time. Uh, back in the Stata Unito. Eh? That's right, that's right. You don't see him since the accident, huh? What accident? Uh, with the automobile. He's uh, got accident. When was this? Oh, one, uh, two months ago. Oh, he hurt badly? No, I don't think so. Only his face. I, I see him walk around all with a bandage on the face. 
The first time I see him without the bandage, I don't know who's the same man. He's, he's got no mark on the face. He's no scar, you know? He just look like different man. That sounds like a plastic surgery job, Curto. That's what it sounds like, all right. It was bad enough when we knew what he looked like. What do you say? What's the matter? Nothing. Nothing. Just, just a little problem we've got here. The new face isn't going to hurt his chances any when he tries to make his sneak. We've got to know what he looks like now. Hmm. If you want to see him, you go in the afternoon, after lunchtime. He's a sitting garden by the palazzo. We'll have to pick up a camera someplace. Fine. How do we get near him with it? Well, there's a tarpaulin on the back of the jeep. We can throw it over a couple of crates, hide under it, shoot a picture without being seen. We hope. Hope or not, we've got to get that picture. <laughs> It took a while before the old man agreed to help us. He didn't understand what we wanted or why we wanted it, and, of course, we couldn't tell him. Curto told him something in Italian that seemed to pave the way, and shortly afternoon of the same day, we were under a tarpaulin on the rear of the jeep when it stopped near the white palazzo. There's nobody in the garden, George. Thought the old man said Orlando was always there in the afternoon. Well, he's wrong today. Curto, we're too late. Too late? Throw the tarpaulin off. How do you know we're too late? What do you see? Uh, the house door is padlocked from the outside. And the sneak is on and we've lost it. We've got to stop him. George, he might be headed for any port in Europe by plane or ship. Which way do we go? First, we've got to get into that house. Come on. You think he might have left something behind? Something that might tell where he's headed? If he didn't, we're finished. He could land at any one of a thousand points in the United States. He's been planning this for a long time. Broke into the house, went through papers and files, desk drawers and closets. It looked like a hopeless case. And then we came across something. George, hold it. Find something? Maybe. Here, take a look at this. A waste paper basket. Copy of a cablegram. Misspelled a couple of words, then crossed them out and wrote them correctly. Must have decided to make a whole new copy before I sent it. Dated yesterday. Yeah, it's a funny message, though. Uh, uh, meet me with Emerson when you get the word. Remember, Emerson. Monahan won't do. No signature. He wouldn't send a cable to the States, not this kind. Who's it addressed to? Can you make it out? No, no, it's been blurred. Emerson or Monaghan? Could be code names, of course. Or they just might be real. Some contact he expects help from. Attorney, maybe. Somebody like that? Well, it could be anything. If that cable ever went through, the cable office should have a copy on file. We can get the addressee from them. Come on. Well, if they've got it, we better place a transatlantic call to the chief in Washington. That's exactly what I had in mind. He can check on the man who got that cable, and maybe there'll be something in the files on somebody in the rackets named Emerson or Monaghan. Mm. We'll have to get back to the States ourselves on the next plane. Whatever plugging we can do now, we'll have to do at the home end. I just had an idea. What's that? One thing Orlando will need is a clear passport. Probably took Giovanni's and altered it. But I doubt if he'll try to use it to enter the States. He's got something better than that up his sleeve. Maybe a passport stolen or or bought from some American stranded over here, perhaps. wonder what the chief is going to say when he finds out that Orlando slipped through our hands. He'll say what he always says. Find him. The cable had gone through all right. We got the address, a place in New York, and forwarded the information to headquarters. Then we boarded a plane for home. The chief met us when we came in at Idlewild Airport. 
Well, the address on that cable was phony. You mean it was never delivered? No, it was delivered, all right, but there's a vacant lot at the address. How good delivery they made to a vacant lot? Messenger boy said there was a man waiting there when he came along looking for the house number. Could the kid describe the man he gave it to? Oh, vaguely. Not enough to help us. Came through at night. The street was dark. Oh, my, my, my car's out this way. Well, how about those two names in the cablegram, Emerson and Monaghan? Anything on those? No, not a buzz. Nobody but those names ever associated with Orlando or his mob. Hmm. Too bad we didn't get our tip a little earlier. If we had, I know you would have stopped him. If he came in by plane, he's probably already cleared. No, I've been watching the planes closely. We fingerprinted a few people we weren't sure of. Orlando will have the same fingerprints he had before. Now, here's the car. Well, unless Orlando's on a boat headed this way, it looks like we're licked. Uh, until we find him, I mean. <laughs> I will know he's here. Won't be hard to tell. We'll be seeing a lot more newspaper stories about white slavery and dope addiction. That's what we're letting ourselves in for if he gets past us. That's what I hate about it. <laughs> Oh, come on, George. Come on. Snap out of it. Don't look so glum. More than a week gone by. Liners coming and going. No sign of it. Well, there are still the tramp steamers, George. Excuse me, Mr. Tremaine. Oh, yes. I have those papers ready for signing. No? Which ones? Permission for a private ambulance to pick up that polio patient after air rescue service brings her in from the sea. Oh, yeah. What's that about, Chief? Oh, it's a girl stricken with polio on a tramp steamer two days out of the port of New York. Going toward Europe or coming from there? Uh, coming from Europe. Uh, we have a few cases like this every year. If it's serious like this one seems to be, air rescue sends a seaplane out, picks the patient up, and rushes them in for hospitalization. What hospital? Well, that's up to them once we clear them for quick admission. You mean they come right on through without a careful check? Oh, George, you know that. If a passport's clear, of course. If somebody's critically ill, you don't want to make them wade through red tape, do you? Sure, sure, sure. I'm sorry. I just got Orlando on the brain, I guess. <laughs> well, Relax. This polio patient's a girl. Hmm. Uh, what is it? I'm just wondering who made the diagnosis. Very few doctors on tramp steamers, Chief. Yeah, very few is right. And very few girls book passage on tramp steamers. Has that pickup been made from the ship, I mean? Yes, sir. I gave a verbal okay to Port of New York about three hours ago. They should be in from the return flight in about a half hour. Where are they landing? Bennett, that's where the ambulance will be waiting. Mm. You don't want to change the order, do you? Yes. When that rescue plane comes down at the field, have a department doctor there and a department ambulance. That patient ought to be thoroughly checked by us. You sure you want it this way, George? I know it won't harm the patient any, but uh, the patient is a girl. I know how you feel about it, and if I thought this was a legitimate case, I'd feel the same way. What's the matter? Why the strange look, George? I... I just thought of something. Now I know I'm right. Well, if you're that sure, let's have it. That cablegram, remember? It said, um, meet me with Emerson when you get the word. Monaghan won't do. Well, you know what it means? I know what the names mean. I just remembered. They're both names of respirators for polio victims. Manufacturers' names. Why, that's right, Mr. Tremaine. I remember seeing them during last year's polio fund drive. They're both excellent respirators, but the Monaghan is a smaller one. It just covers the chest and torso. That's why the cable said it wouldn't do. Orlando wanted the heavy, full-sized Emerson to give him a better cover, a, a better disguise. Call Bennett Field right away, Miss Walsh. Tell our man there to get a departmental doctor on the field and wait for that rescue plane. Arrange transfer to a regular hospital if necessary, but the patient is not to be moved in that private ambulance. Yes, sir. Uh, 
hiding behind a thing like that. Polio. Using sympathy and a machine somebody's life might depend on to get back into the country and do more damage. That takes a real rat, George. Well, isn't that what we've been looking for, Chief? A real rat? New York on extension three, Mr. Tremaine. Oh, thank you. This is it, George. Hello, Tremaine speaking. Ah, good. Fine, keep him there. Yeah, good idea. I'm with that all the way. Goodbye. Well, that's it, fellow. It was Orlando, then? Yeah, it was him. Hale and Hardy, too. Well, we're not just going to deport him again, are we? No, not just yet. We figure he's healthy enough to do about another ten years on the rock, just to convince him. Then we'll deport him. Well, can I go home now? <laughs> yes, on the first plane. And uh, thanks, George. It was a good job. Well, that's what I'm paid for. You satisfied? Yeah, yeah. Man like Orlando with his mob could cost decent people millions of dollars in cash and in heartaches. You stop him and what do you get? No, I never thought about it. No, really, I'd like to know. Oh, I get a lot. Those decent people you spoke about for friends and neighbors, my own family, cigarettes, drive my own car, radio, bottle of beer. <laughs> Maybe I've no imagination, but, you know, I... I can't think of anything else I especially want. Can you? No. There isn't anything else. Well, give my love to Lillian and George Jr., eh? Now, go home. This is Douglas Fairbanks again. The file case of the big sneak completes but another chapter in the distinguished chronicle of our silent men. The special agents of all branches of our federal government who daily risk their lives to protect the lives of all of us. Next week, we will tell you the story of our government's fight against illegal traffic in narcotics in the file case entitled The Empire of Pip the Blind, another venture undertaken for our protection by the silent men. The Silent Men is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's case was written by Joel Murcott and transcribed in Hollywood. All names and places were fictional. Featured in tonight's cast were Georgia Ellis, Bill Conrad, Paul Dubov, Ted DeCorsia, and Ramsey Hill. Douglas Fairbanks may currently be seen starring in Mr. Drake's Duck. Millions of innocent Koreans will die this coming winter unless you give your unneeded clothing today to the American Relief for Korea. That's ARC. A-R-K. Unless there are local collection agencies, please send your used clothing prepaid today to ARC, Oakland, California, or ARC, Massbeth, Long Island, New York. Listen again next week and every week to other factual cases involving the law enforcement adventures of the special agents of our federal government, for they are the silent men. Now it's the Jubilee Show on NBC.
Welcome back. Well, a pretty nifty uh, solution. And some quick thinking by our hero saves the day. Uh, it was also nice to hear uh, William Conrad in this. Uh, and he got to play uh, doubles, playing the boss in Washington, and also playing a role over in Sicily. Overall, a really good, engaging script and a strong start to the series. Next week, we're going to talk a bit uh, more about Douglas Fairbanks uh, Jr. and his career. Uh, but I do want to go ahead now and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Magda, Patreon supporter since June 2018, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here on Monday for Crime Photographer, and we'll be back next Saturday with another episode of The Silent Men. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.